Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make it better. Oh, yeah. Well, here on Blog Talk Radio and The Catch, we do think we can. We not only think we can, we know we can, because we are ministers of the new covenant, which is Christ in us, working through us, in spite of us, making a difference uh, wherever we are, wherever we go, whoever we're with, always being led in triumph uh, in Christ, even when we make mistakes. It's a, it's a pretty awesome arrangement that uh, God has us in his plan this way, and uh, we're very excited uh, about learning how to become his disciples and, and how his grace overcomes uh, so much of our human limitations. So there you go. As, a, as a, just an intro tonight, I'm very excited tonight uh, to uh, bring on some very special guests, um, a very unique project that I can't wait to delve into. So we're not going to waste any time with any chatter and banter about baseball, Gunner, or anything like that, except the Angels did beat the Dodgers last night. So I, it shut them out, <laughs> five to nothing. But I, I won't go any further with that. Um, Absolutely. But, <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, we want to get right into this because this is Absolutely. so exciting. We have two, we have two great guests tonight: um, uh, Michael Glenn Bell and uh, Dwayne Arnold, and uh, they have both been involved in music and especially Christian music from I found out today way back. And I can't wait to start out on listening to a little bit of just a little bit of reminiscing about the fact that the Jesus movement wasn't just in California. So here we go. Uh, Michael and Dwayne, welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Thank you so, so much, John. This is Dwayne. Hi, Dwayne. And Michael, say Great hello. Great to be here. Great to be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're, I really do want to talk a little bit about this because, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who say, that the Jesus movement started in California. And um, there's even a book out that was, I think, Christianity Today Book of the Year. And the whole first two or three chapters are devoted to California, as if, you know, that's where it all started. And uh, I happen to vehemently disagree with that, even though I'm from California. I traveled around to know enough that this was a Holy Spirit thing, and it happened everywhere. And am I right about that? Can you tell us a little bit uh, about what was going on in the Fort Wayne area in 1969, 1970? Well, I, this is Dwayne. I, I, I'm yeah. not sure that I want to blow your whole theory, John, <laughs> but I might because I was baptized out of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. Uh, but back in the days when Calvary Chapel had... 
I think at that time, a really good crowd, when I was baptized, was about, oh, 300 people. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was way back in the days of Lonnie Frisbee and those right. folk. Wow. And then I became involved with uh, Shiloh, with the commune set up in Pacific Grove, and then when we moved up to Oregon. But after a time, I eventually came back to the Midwest thinking that, well, California had a lock on this, that somehow God was <laughs> in California and no place else. And I came back to see my parents in Fort Wayne, Indiana, And lo and behold, there was a youth ministry that had started up in Fort Wayne, Indiana, called the Adam's Apple. You bet. And it was started up by John Lloyd, who'd been a design Mm -hmm. engineer at uh, GM. And so I went in to see John with hair down to the middle of my back, flannel shirt, jeans, and a buck knife on my belt. (laughs) and he had not quite encountered something like this before, and he said, well, what do you want to do? And I I said, I want to serve God, I want to start a fellowship of musicians, and I want to change the world. (laughs) And he said, well, you've come to the right place. (laughs) And I had been there all of about a month and a half, and lo and behold they had a concert at the Adam's Apple, and they brought in some guy from California Mm -hmm. named John Fisher. (laughs) Oh, dear. So we go way back. Uh, (laughs) After serving on staff at Adam's Apple for a time, I moved over to a small town in Ohio Mm -hmm. and basically started... um, For lack of a better term, it was sort of a Christian commune, but we had a woman's house, uh, we had a musician's house, and then we had another house with people who were doing businesses and working, and we had this entity called the Van Wert Fellowship. Mm -hmm. And people just started showing up. Wow. Uh, and one of the people who showed up was a kid from Iowa, fresh out of high school. And that was Michael Glenn Bell. Michael, why don't you take the story? That's me. That's <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah, uh, when I came over to, uh, to visit, I had a friend who told me about um, this new fellowship in uh, in northwest Ohio that they were doing, oh, they had a a 24-hour hotline and crisis intervention center, and they were housing transients and uh, dealing with young people on drugs and street, kind of street ministry. And uh, to me, right out of high school, I was really seeking God as to, you know, where do I go? Uh, what do I do now? I, you know, and I wanted knew I wanted to work with uh, young people and in youth mm-hmm. ministry. So uh, I I moved out and took a leap of faith and moved in, joined the whole community uh, that Dwayne had had started there, 
and uh, we immediately just started doing music. We would get uh, people from uh, musicians from the Adams Apple in Fort Wayne. They would go there on Saturday nights and do a concert, and uh, and then they'd come over to our place, which was only 30 miles away, and uh, and do a Sunday night concert. So we had everybody from uh, Randy Stonehill, Larry Norman, Phil Keggy, Nancy Honeytree, uh, Chuck Gerard. Yeah, you ever had Mark Hurd? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. had yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. all these yeah. things, uh, and they would come and do a do concerts and uh, that's great. Many of them, uh, John Michael Talbot, they they would mm-hmm. end up um, staying at the uh, with us in our community for sometimes weeks at a time, and uh, so we we got to know a lot of the big, uh, I, I guess, big contemporary Christian musicians at the time. And mm-hmm. I, I I think they uh, liked coming over. They it it got to the point to where even if they weren't playing at Adam's Apple, they would come to Van Wert. Mm-hmm. And uh, Randy Stonehill's earliest memory was coming over, and first of all, he was shocked to find that we actually drank wine. <laughs> and and for those days, that was a big deal. That is a big deal. Back that was then, a very yeah. big deal mm-hmm. for those days. But mm-hmm. the thing that impressed him more than that was that in my dining room, I had a big wine rack. But in the wine rack, I didn't have wine. I had rolled up copies of Rolling Stone. So they would sit and read. <laughs> and, they would, and there was music going on all the time. And uh, after Greg Hogue left Petra after the first two albums, he moved over and started an electric band there. And wow. uh, we just had a whole great group of folk. And they could always be assured there'd be a good audience of two or three hundred people, and mm-hmm. um, and it was just a very laid back. And we were a bit uh, left of center because we were still mm-hmm. very much into social action, uh, feeding the hungry, helping the poor, dealing with transients. Mm. Um, good for you. And, and of course, when Glenn Kaiser came down from Chicago and saw what we were doing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he said, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to steal our game? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, it's just God doing the same thing in both places, Glenn. Yeah. Wow. You know, that's, that was my uh, – I'm, I'm actually encouraged to hear that because my experience in California was that there wasn't much of that going on. Uh, uh, I didn't, I, I, at least, I was not in the places where I saw a whole lot of social action or concern about the poor or the hungry or the homeless or any of that. Um, it, it, we were so, I, I, I swear, we, we were just so inundated with the, the fact that these were the last days and that the Lord was going to come back any minute. That, yes. Um, you know, it was hardly worth time to bother with anybody's physical condition. We just had to get people saved. <laughs> right. Well, we always took that verse in Scripture concerning, in that you've done it to one of the least of these, my brethren, Great. you've done it unto me. Hmm. And, uh, I mean, it was interesting because some of the musicians who had come out, 
Uh, and I can remember when we had some of the guys from uh, Sweet Comfort Band and some of the guys from Daniel Amos. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would actually, some of them would actually man the phone lines with us in our crisis intervention center. That's great. And yeah. it was kind of a wake-up call. Uh, and cool. it was just who we were, and it was just what we were doing mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Dwayne, you, you, did you become the pastor of that fellowship? Is that right? For a right. While? I, I was a pastor of that fellowship for about eight years. Mm-hmm. And uh, then around 1980, and I don't think this is unusual for the movement as a whole, um, I decided that what I really needed to do was I really needed to go and get my education mm-hmm. and actually get a grounding in what I believed and what I did. Uh, by that time, we'd become very influenced by things that John Michael Talbot was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we were probably the only Calvary Chapel in the United States that had a weekly Eucharist. There you go. Mm. Uh, and we were in Alb's, believe it or yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, and we were actually using John's uh, settings off the Lord's Supper for our Sunday services uh, uh, with a choir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had really sort of shifted up, and I... And the more I got into it, the more I realized, and I hate to put it this way, the more I began to realize my lack of grounding and education in a lot of the basics. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know New Testament Greek. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, as in all Bible studies, you hear the pastor say, well, you know, the Greek really says this. Uh But they didn't actually have Greek under their belt. No. Uh, As I was reading Augustine, I couldn't read him in the original. I couldn't read him in the Latin. When I read the Old Testament, I didn't know the Hebrew. So what I decided to do is I decided to uh, go back to school and uh, resigned the pastorate and turned it over to Michael for six months while they sought out another pastor, and uh, I went off hmm. to seminary uh, wow. to start my education over again. And Michael, you yeah, need to take the story from there. Yeah, <laughs> well, and uh, not only did, uh, did we use uh, portions of the liturgy, in our Sunday morning services, but um, in our in our Bible studies, we intentionally had studies of the early church fathers, and wow. really schooled our congregation in um, church history, and brought them back to this is what the early church did. Um, of course, because nobody nobody had ever really looked at that and studied that, they were. No, fresh uh, uh, converts and you know uh, Jesus people, and they just love Jesus. Well, um, 
we thought, well, you know, let's connect them <laughs> to the ancient church and um, wow, and have, make that a part of our teaching um, in our in our whole you know community of faith. And so we intentionally had uh, a study and an appreciation of the church um, way way back and and. Wow. Yeah, it was a it was a really unique uh, fellowship. Did, um, did that did that come from both of you? Do you think, or or you know, where it, it's so unusual? There's that had to come from someplace. I think it, I, I think for me, it came uh-huh. from uh, when John Michael Talbot did uh, the Lord's Supper, which is virtually. Um, the liturgy of the mass put to music. Um, I had never, you know, I, I, I don't think I'd ever attended mass before until I met John, and we started visiting John at his uh, at his community in here in Indianapolis when he lived here, and hmm. and, uh, and I started getting schooled on uh, Catholic liturgy and ancient, you know, liturgy. Mm-hmm. John. Um, at least for me, I don't know about Dwayne, but uh, turned me on to the ancient church and their beliefs and appreciation for uh, where where we came from. I I think that for me, and I uh, I want to give due regard where it is due. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Weber, oh yes, Eaton, and mm-hmm. his book Common Root. Mm-hmm. That too, yeah. Uh, and evangelicals on the Canterbury Trail and mm. all the rest. And I got to know Bob first over the telephone. We would talk mm-hmm. almost every week. And I think, how can I say this rightly? Um, you get to the point of where you say, we're not the first people <laughs> to have encountered Christ. Now, if we believe in the work of the Holy Spirit, then we have to say the Holy Spirit dealt with people in the first century, the second century, the third century, and that there was a learning process that was taking place in the church. And that to ignore that, Uh, What is it that C.S. Lewis said uh, in his introduction to Athanasius on the Incarnation? He said, uh, the prejudice against old books is the worst prejudice. Hmm. And it's because we're sort of saying there's nothing new that we can be taught from those who've gone before us. Yeah. And I think all of us have reached an age now where we know that's not the case. Right. You know, we're wanting to share what we've gone through with folk who are younger than us. Mm-hmm. To to try to give them some benefit of wisdom and experience. Well, how do we ignore two thousand years of church history? Yeah. Um, do you think any of this was kind of a uh, a reaction to the? The Jesus movement, which was so free and almost rootless, and it just happened yesterday, as if we kind of made this up. Uh, I watched a lot of people, for instance, out in California, there was uh, uh, Jack Sparks with uh, 
uh, Christian World Liberation Front in Berkeley, and he was working with a guy named Pat Matriciana. And about 10 years later, both those guys are in the Greek Orthodox Church. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I watched Mike Iaconelli head that direction before he passed away. And I, I almost kind of wondered, is that, is that was that because of a of a kind of a a need you know a hole that this one this this early experience uh, left in us uh, the need for something deeper? Uh, I, I and, think it was because I think the the thing becomes when it's only based on experience. Yeah, everybody's experience is in yeah. some sense equally valid, even when we know that's not the case. That's a bit dangerous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, I, and I, think when, I think when you just say everyone's experience, just because it's an experience, has validity, it's a very dangerous road to go down. Um, because there are lots of things that may be true, but they're not truth. Yeah. And there's a very big difference. Yeah. Um, you know, you may run into someone other than your wife and say, I think that I really love this person. Right. Well, that experience that you're having, that feeling that you're having may be true but it's not truth <laughs> very good and there's a big yeah. difference yeah yeah and uh, tony Campolo used to always say if a person falls in love uh seven times before they get married and seven times after <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly yeah, right. So. <laughs> right. so anyway well, so that's kind of where that all went and mm-hmm then Michael and I uh, went our separate ways for almost 30 years just keeping in touch with wow. each other through, mm-hmm. you know, sort of Christmas cards. Mm-hmm. And what happened to Van Wert? Did that just kind um, of... Another pastor it, it, came in uh, out of the Calvary mm-hmm. Chapel system. It continued on for, mm-hmm. oh, I guess about another five years, but it sort of... Uh, petered out, and I can't really make any judgments on that. I no, it, it was for a season. It was for exactly. It yeah. really filled. It sounds like it filled a very important role. That mm-hmm. I, I don't know of any any other places I've heard of where musicians felt so welcome. Yeah, and understood. Well, well, it's it's an amazing thing because since we have sort of gotten back into. Uh, into the spotlight because of our recent uh, music project. Yeah, lots of people have been reconnecting with us. Oh, that's great! Mm-hmm. And we're suddenly finding out that there have probably been thirty or forty ordained ministers who came out of that group of a couple hundred mm-hmm. who are in ministry today. Wow, fantastic! Yeah. Uh-huh. So I think well, we did something right. I'm not quite sure yeah. what it was. <laughs> but well, I think sure we did, did something right. <laughs> um, before we get into the, 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 
project which I really want to talk about. I, I want to say I want to ask you one more question because I'm fascinated, Dwayne, that you, uh, Michael, was telling me you have three master's degrees and you have a PhD in in the early fathers. His and uh, uh, so when you said you needed to go back to school, I mean you you really did it. And uh, I, what I'm trying to I'm guessing this. You know, tell me whether I'm right. I, I, I am guessing that you did that out of the desire of your heart, out of your hunger, and maybe to, maybe you had an intellectual insatiability. Who knows what it is? But I, I doubt you were doing that to prepare for some kind of ministry necessarily. Is that right? Am I right about that? That you're very right. I mean, I I had not really wanted to go back into ministry. I, I figured I would end my days oh, probably teaching someplace in a liberal arts college. Yeah. Um, but when I was uh, doing my Ph.D. in Durham, England, mm-hmm. um, I had a uh, marvelous man who became a spiritual director for me, sort of a spiritual guide for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And his name was Michael Ramsey. He, ha- he was a retired Archbishop of Canterbury and a man of wow. great holiness. Wow. And I can remember when I was getting ready to leave, I had finished up all the work on my Ph.D. I was getting ready to come back to the States. And so I went down to his house to have a cup of tea with him and ask for his blessing as I went. And he said, uh, he said, uh, Dwayne, uh, 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 he had this uh, great stutter. Uh, uh, he said, no, no, I'm not going to give you my blessing. And I said, Michael, said, no, no, unless you make me a promise. And I said, well, what is the promise? And he said, when you go back to America, I want you to enter the ministry again. Hmm. And so I promised him, and I did. And you did, and and you are an Episcopal. I was now. for twenty-seven right. years. Okay. So um, you're not you're not. What do they say? Practicing is that what they say or? Uh, as of this last Easter, I became a Roman Catholic. Ah, okay. And are you in ministry? Or, uh, nope, just in through, the, through the project, just through the music mm-hmm. ministry. Oh, okay, all right. Um, and it was, it was a very hard step to take, but I think sometimes churches become something other than what they once were. Mm-hmm. And I think most of the mainline denominations are facing this right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think there's a great identity crisis that's taking place in American Christianity right now. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's huge. I, I don't even think we know what the end of it's going to be. Hmm. Mm. Um, and it's going to affect all of us, evangelicals, Roman Catholics, right across the board. Yeah. Um, 
the statistics I read say that by the year 2055, there will be no more Episcopalians in the United States. Now, we know mm. that's not absolutely true, but statistically, that's where it's going. Um, mm. Statistically, the Presbyterian Church will cease to exist in about 40 years. Mm. Uh, statistically, the United Methodist Church will cease to exist within 60 years. Oh, boy. I mean, that's where it's going, it looks like. So who's left standing? <laughs> Saddleback? <laughs> I think, <laughs> my own opinion is, I think uh, places like Saddleback, I think some evangelical churches, it's, it's uh, we know this from church history. Can it last out to the next generation? Hmm. Um, Chuck Smith just died at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. Great loss. You know, lots of people have different feelings about Chuck. Mm -hmm. I loved him. I still love him. I honor him. He said yes when everybody else said no. Came to Christian music. He said yes. Mm -hmm when everybody else said no. When it came to letting kids in with long hair and bare feet, mm-hmm. he said yes when everybody else said no. Um, yeah. Now, what's going to happen to Calvary Chapel in the next generation? Um, there's a lot of speculation. Um, who would have thought that the Crystal Cathedral would have gone the way that it did. Mm-hmm. If we had, if we had been talking twenty years ago, and I said to you, "Oh, the Crystal mm-hmm. Cathedral is going to completely fall apart, congregations mm-hmm. disperse, and they're going to have to sell the building at an auction," mm-hmm. I would imagine people would have laughed at me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, well, I, we we're gonna. <laughs> We're going to have to have you back. One thing, we're going to have you have you back, or I'm going to have to have a private phone call call with you someplace down the road because this is a long conversation. I think we're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and but very fascinating. Um, and I, I just I love talking to you. I, I I'm I wanted to bring up that uh, that thing about your degrees and your study uh, that I think came out of of your heart and I, I just wish there was a sometimes I wish there was a pill we could give people you know what is the what turns that on you know I, I can remember I, I, I was at Wheaton College and and I can remember the light went on when I first discovered blaze the writings of blaze Pascal yes and uh, I just went oh my gosh you know, this, this is three or four hundred years ago, and this guy is unbelievable. And yeah. and then and and I, and I and I just I had to devour that, you know. And, and I just wish, I wish we could we could turn more people on to how much so much wealth of of teaching and understanding and just thinking, logic, and all that stuff that's gone on over all these years. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, that's what we want to, want, want to have happen through the Martyr's Prayer CD that we've put together. 
and a, a real Perfect. appreciation for uh, church history and uh, the stories of saints that yeah. have gone before and, and their lives and what they did and and, uh, and great music put to it. Um, well, tell, yeah, and beautiful transition, Michael. Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> tell us now how that, uh, how did this come about? Well, this, this project. Uh, well, Dwayne and I, it came about through a rekindling of friendship. Um, Dwayne and I were had had parted ways. We both decided to get our, uh, you know, on staff at the same church there in Northwest Ohio, mm-hmm. and having all these musicians come in. Uh, um, I used to travel uh, when they'd come stay with us. Traveled with Randy Stonehill and Phil Keggy and and uh, John Michael Talbot, and um, so we got to know these folks, and then. Um, as we decided to move on in our lives, we, Dwayne and I uh, separated. I went back to Iowa to pursue my four-year degree that I hadn't even started yet, and uh, Dwayne went on for to, mm-hmm. his various degrees. And we, um, uh, so three, about three or four years ago, Dwayne called me up, um, and I was. Uh, had had been in Iowa in youth ministry and campus ministry, and uh, he said, "I've been looking for you for a long time. Uh, we need to get together." And so I uh, went to visit him. He moved uh, back to to Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and I visited him. He said, "Bring your guitar, and I want to know what you're doing with with your music." And I, I said, "Well, there's not much." And um, and so I came back and visited he and his wife, and we sat in his living room, and he, he said, well, play some of those songs that you used to do back when we were at Calvary Chapel in, in mm-hmm. uh, northwest Ohio. I played him a few songs, and, um, and boy, uh, he, he and his wife both... Um, ended up in tears along with me um, and mm. shared these songs together and, and he said we need to do something with your music you, you need mm. to, to do something that, that's a gift that um, shouldn't be wasted And uh, I, I said well mm. I've, I've pretty much given up on my music um, I, you know I, it's virtually a hobby for me I, I do it weekly in a campus college campus ministry I I've, I work on uh, instrumental guitar compositions, and but I've pretty much given up. And uh, so he said, "Let's let's not let that die." And so I kept visiting Dwayne, and every visit we would talk about um, how we could um, do music again um, and get that get that going. And so we we got. Uh, Back together, he said, how are you at writing lyrics? I said, I'm just god-awful. Um, <laughs> I, can, I can write music, but I can't, can't do lyrics very well. I'm not really a poet. And uh, at one point, he said, you know, one of the nine books that I published um, was a book called Prayers of the Martyrs, which, which he had sent me, and 
wonderful mm-hmm. book. And uh, he said, you know, I translated those into prose. And uh, he said, what if you took those as lyrics and then uh, put them in, uh, put them to music? So I took him up on the challenge and started working on this music and got rekindled in my own spirit and my own music. And uh, as we went along, I'd, I'd record and send him MP3 files of rough mixes of, uh, you know, diff- probably 30 different prayers that I put to, to music. Uh-huh. And then when we would get together, when I'd come to visit, we'd kind of hash over them, and Dwayne would help with the melodies. We'd, we'd rewrite them. And um, he said, let's get together our old friends from way back when, Phil Keggy, Randy Stonehill, uh, Glenn Kaiser. What if we invited them uh, to do a, a CD uh, of these prayers of martyrs? And I thought, this is, this is a crazy idea. And, <laughs> but what a wonderful dream, you know, yeah. to have. And, uh, and he was serious, and we pursued it. And um, and got in touch with our old friends, and and they mm-hmm. all said, well, yeah, let, we'd be happy to to join you on that. And honestly, John, uh, I I got a second chance in my life. I <laughs> I, uh, I had really given up on even music as a ministry for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'd. I'd put it down and and just re- regarded it as as a hobby, and uh, Dwayne, as an old friend, um, said, "No, you you shouldn't be doing that. It's a waste of a talent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's rekindle it. Let's let's get it going again." And uh, he believed in me and and said, "You can do it, Michael." And I, so I said, "Well." Okay, and started into it, and and felt the Holy Spirit um, kind of jumpstart me again. And, cool. Uh, and mm-hmm. so we uh, went about on this endeavor and um, put together a CD with kind of all my old uh, contemporary Christian music heroes, um, mm-hmm. you know, Phil, Keggy, and Randy, and um, all these folks. Uh, and they're all on the CD, and uh, it's a dream come true for me. What fun. What fun. Did did you record this kind of all together at at the same time, or did you do it in pieces, or or what? I'm just trying to – there's such a wide variety of music on here. I'm trying to figure out how did you know how did that happen that, <laughs> that you knew which song Phil was going to be on and which song you know Randy was going to be on and how how did that pair we pair off? we literally we went down to Nashville and would record for four or five days and we would usually select a track that we were going to be working on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. line up the artists and I had done the arrangements beforehand. And I sort of said, okay, Sadoth, we need this to be a rocker. We'll get the rhythm section from Glass Harp. And then we'll get uh, Glenn Kaiser to do slide guitar on it. Okay. And that's Sadoth then. 
Mm-hmm. Then when okay. we did something like Clement, I said, this is a Crosby, Stills, and Nash song. <laughs> or Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. And I said, well, Michael, you're Neil Young. <laughs> Phil Keggy, well, he's got a voice like Graham Nash. Uh, Kemper Crab has a voice like uh, David Crosby. And Wayne Berry, who's great songwriter <laughs> and great man, uh, yeah. sounds just like Stephen Stills. Uh, you know. <laughs> and we said, there we go, let's put them together in the studio for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. And so that each song was sort of put together in that way. That's great. Um, but, you, you know, I want to pick up on what Michael said because I think it... Uh, Interestingly enough, I think it connects directly with Saddleback and a lot of the other churches that have taken on that particular approach. Um, Our God is a God of second chances. Mm -hmm. He doesn't boot you out of the game. It, it, It isn't that, oh, well, I had that dream once, but that's dead. Mm. You know, there's a there's a wonderful passage in Psalms that says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. And a lot of people say, oh, well, that means if I, if I delight myself in God, I get my new Porsche. Mm. Uh, no. What it means is if you delight yourself in God, the desires that you have in your heart, the things that you want to do, the dreams that you have, Mm-hmm. those are the dreams that God's given you. Mm-hmm. And not to act on them is almost affrontery mm-hmm. what God has put in your heart. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so, you know, we're a couple old guys, <laughs> and we're doing this, and it's a dream that's come true. And I, and I just can't emphasize that enough, that our God that is great. Our second chances. Mm. I love that. That's And that's so applicable to everybody. I hope everyone who is listening underlines this one. This is so good. And that's, this is a, personally a real encouragement to me right now. And, uh, you know, so, that, you know, I think sometimes we get we get so removed from the desire of we of our heart that we don't even know what it is after a while. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mhm. Yes. I mean, we're, we don't get you agree? Confused. I would agree yeah. completely. And yeah, and you know, to. I've always loved music. I've always loved folk who do music. I mean, one of the great things that came out of this was uh I started I needed help with things. I needed help with video production. I needed help with Uh, engineering well there was a band that Sparrow had signed in about 2000 named the Elms great band Mm -hmm. and they had four albums out and all the rest well they had broken up and I knew that they were in the Indianapolis area I searched out the people from the band got in touch with them, went met them for coffee. These are people that are 30 years, 35 years younger <laughs> than I am. Mm-hmm. 
And I said, I need your help. And they're sort of hipsters and all the rest. And they said, yeah, man, we're there for you. Let's do it. (laughs) And so it's become something that's intergenerational and that all of us can aspire together to something that's better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's Uh, fantastic. Which is kind of fantastic. Yeah. Uh, We... I think I told you before we started the show, it's my birthday. <laughs> yes. And you can all wish me happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday, Dwayne. Thank you. Yeah. But we had a party on Saturday. <laughs> About four hours of music. Now, you want to know the bizarre thing? For those of us who know the Christian industry, record mm-hmm. industry, Greg Hogue came down to be a part of it. He was the lead guitar player for Petra on their first two albums. Mm-hmm. They were the very first rock band signed by Sparrow. Mm. We had Owen Thomas and Tom Doherty from the Elms uh-huh. here singing. They were the very last rock band signed huh. by Sparrow <laughs> 35 years later. Mm. They were on the same stage. That's great. That's pretty great. Yeah. What a birthday, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Loads of fun. <laughs> big, but, big party. Yep, Sounds yep. like a big party. Yeah. But well, this is what it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. it, it's not supposed to be us old guys saying, well, how are we going to get the millennials into church? Or how are we going to do this? Or We've got to get over the categories and just start saying, hey, let's all live our dreams together. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a, and it, wonderful. It takes a friend, uh, at least for me in my life, it, it took a friend who knew me uh, way back when and knew my heart and being separated for that long and coming back together and saying, I know you and, and this, you're not quite um, doing what you did back then uh, when when you were doing what uh, God was putting on your heart. It seems like you've strayed a bit, you know, and, uh, mm. and uh, it, it takes friend, friendship and true, true friends to bring you about and to kind of bring you on back on path sometimes. And, wow. you know, we, we got back in touch with... Um, you know our old friends that we knew, uh, Phil, Phil Keggy, and again Randy and and uh, and Glenn, and uh, all these folks, and and the fellowship that we had uh, together, uh, reminiscing, and not just that, but uh, speaking the truth to one another, saying, well, you know, even naming each other's gifts. You're, you are mm. always good at this or that or. You know, um, it it brings back uh, that truth to your heart that rings, that says, "Yes, this is what I am. This is what God calls has called me to do, and this is what's in my heart. I I need to go for it." You know, there, there's one track on the album. It's called Carpus. Uh huh. And it is a seven-minute song. 
which I know is not permissible any longer, but we really didn't care. (laughs) Because the first three minutes of the song is the affirmation of a third century Christian who is brought before a Roman magistrate. And it had come to the time where merely by confessing what you were would mean your death. Mm. And he was asked, what are you? They ask me what I am, is the lyric in the song. Mm -hmm. And the reply Mm -hmm. is, I am a Christian. It's that simple. I am a Christian. Mm. And Michael did a beautiful job on the first three minutes with basically piano and very little else there. And I then turned to Phil Keggy and I said, I want three and a half minutes of you playing your face. I want you to take your electric and I want you to play your face. This is your witness to the world, I think is what we said Mm-hmm. Yeah. And anybody who listens to it and isn't moved, uh, I wonder about. Doesn't because... have a heart, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. It's extraordinary. You... Wow, wow. And we gave you... people the liberty to do that. That's great. Wow. Do you um, now are the stories behind these uh, lyrics uh, included in in the project? Like, if you bought the CD, would you get the stories too? Absolutely. We've got a full background to the martyrs. Uh, We even have uh, bibliographic references for people and Mm. places for people to go. There's a whole booklet. Yeah, there's a whole booklet. Along, uh, along with the music. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's very interesting because one of the people that we have honored in this is Oscar Romero of El Salvador. Right. Who was shot at the altar as mm-hmm. he was lifting the chalice. Mm-hmm. Um, a man who spoke for the poor. And we did a version in English and we did a version in Spanish. And believe it or not, Randy Stonehill sang a version in Portuguese hmm. because his mother speaks Portuguese no, with kidding. her native language. <laughs> and so she actually sang the song. We've got, a, we've got an MP3 of it, of her singing the song for Randy so that he okay. can get the pronunciation right. Wow. Which is very amazing. But here's the thing. As of this week... The video and the song is spreading all over El Salvador. Oh, that's great. Um, the uh, government communications office started uh, putting it online mm. in El Salvador. Wow. Uh, when, so, so this is really, uh, this is a modern martyr, modern day martyr. 1980. Yeah, okay. 1980, he was shot. Mm -hmm. And it was only because 
he wasn't a radical. He wasn't a communist. He, he was actually appointed because he was mild-mannered, and they didn't think he was going to create any problems. Hmm. But one of his friends, Retia Grande, who was a priest, was assassinated by a right-wing death squad. And mm. Romero underwent, for lack of a better term, a conversion experience, where he saw that God's, God's preference, uh, I don't want to say preference, it sounds wrong, mm-hmm. God's care was for the poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he began to speak out, and this is in a country where the saying in the army was, be a patriot, kill a priest. Hmm. And he knew he was going to be killed. Hmm. He knew he was going to be killed, to the extent he would no longer allow people to go places with him. He would drive himself when he went to do pastoral visitations, because he didn't want to endanger somebody else. Wow. An extraordinary man. Yeah, it sounds like it. Wow, that's great. This song is going, getting such use. I understand the Pope's heard it. Is that right? That is absolutely Or seen the video? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rome Reports, uh, TV agency, did a TV story on it. Um, hey. It is, it has sort of gone all over the world at this point. Yeah. And but, you know... Go ahead. I was just going to say, and I have to confess, John, I wish I could say Michael and I are just so clever <laughs> that we had this all figured out ahead of time. <laughs> Not so. <laughs> Not so. <laughs> you're, you're a great marketing plan, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I – oh, gosh. Um, I, I'm thinking um, – we're going to probably have to try and wrap this up now, but this is so fascinating. Um, I, I'm, I'm wanting to know how how it's been received so far. We've we've heard a little bit of that in this story, but maybe maybe a couple other stories, or or uh, I'd be interested in some of that. And then then especially I'm especially curious because I uh, Michael and I were talking about this, this afternoon. My guess is that. It, um, this project might almost be received better by by uh, non-Christians than Christians, in a way, uh, at least in America. Um, well, I'll let Michael speak what's to your... the secular side of it, because he's okay. actually been experiencing that. On, on the Christian side of it, uh, let's see, four-star review in CCM Magazine, Spotlight mm-hmm. Interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind words from David Neff and Christianity Today and his very last editorial mm-hmm. as the editor of Christianity Today. Uh, Mark Powell, the great uh, man who did the Encyclopedia of Contemporary Christian yeah. Music, full yeah. blowout review in the Lutheran magazine, went out to a quarter million people. Um, it is all over Europe it is all over Eastern Europe. Prism Magazine. Prism Magazine. Mm-hmm. It is in South Africa. Um, mm. It has, we have received 
real acclaim for this. What we're wanting to do is we're wanting to take it further within the church to say, uh, and this is really where our heart is, Mm -hmm. we want to come to somebody's church and say, listen, we'll offer you a concert, and the next day we'll offer you a retreat. Mm. And we'll go through the martyrs one by one, Mm. and we'll talk about it. And we'll talk about their faith, and we'll talk about why Dietrich Bonhoeffer was right to stand up against Mm -hmm. the Nazis. Uh, Mm -hmm. We'll talk about what it meant to be a nonviolent Christian in the first three centuries under Roman occupation and Roman persecution. Uh, What it meant to be martyred as a missionary in Korea or Japan. And what we really want to do is use it to teach the church and care about the church. But the amazing thing is the music is so good, Mm -hmm. we've had another response. And I'll let Michael take that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, we've been putting it out to radio stations. um, And the thing about uh, our our CD is that it's uh, it's been completely self-financed. uh, we we're, we don't, we're not with any record label or anything, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. did it all ourselves, which puts us in the indie music category, right? Uh, right. <laughs> you know, which is uh, which is big uh, in in the music industry. I mean, not not big money maker, but a, you know, there's a huge portion of people that are indie artists now because, of course, it's hard to get signed by a label. And um, so we've been submitting to a lot of independent uh, radio stations who um, cater and and encourage independent music artists to uh, submit their music to them. And uh, gosh, we we have uh, we're on over 60 um, radio stations, um, terrestrial and internet, Mm -hmm. and, um, uh, and a lot of those stations are are secular um, stations, heavy metal stations, love our... <laughs> they love some of yeah. our music. Um, sure. And, you know, uh, so it's it's being received very well, and um, I think one of the reasons is because it's... Uh, well, Dwayne, Dwayne produced the album, and he's got an incredible ear, and... Uh, but it's it's done, and our engineer uh, Tom Doherty from the Elms uh, mm-hmm. such a fantastic job in the production, mm-hmm. the engineering, and the sound is is professional and quality, and uh, mm-hmm. and we get, uh, I mean, pretty much every station that hears us says, yeah, we'll 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 put that on, we'll play it, and um, when I play out um, and do solo acoustic shows. Um, mm-hmm. I play uh, some of the, in my set, I, I not only do covers of, uh, oh, everybody mm-hmm. from Jackson Brown, Neil Young, and, you know, Patty Larkin, but I also do um, our original um, songs uh, from the Martyrs, and among them, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer and... Uh, um, uh, uh, Romero. Mm-hmm. I felt I, and along with performing it in my set in a bar or coffee house, secular, mm-hmm. I tell the story of Dietrich Bonhoeffer 
mm-hmm. tell the story of Oscar Romero bef- while I'm uh, getting mm-hmm. ready to, to do the song. I've had people come up to me in bars and say, that was incredible story, incredible song. I can't believe that you talked about Dietrich Bonhoeffer in a bar. <laughs> and, uh, and it moves and it reaches people. Um, yeah. Effective, it stands uh, well in the secular arena because yeah. it, it, it speaks the truth. Yeah. I, I think we were both really encouraged. We were recently in a series of communications with uh, someone that we admire greatly, uh, Peter Asher, the producer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Linda and James and yeah, and he said, "Well, there is nothing to complain about with regard to the sound of the album." Mm. And really? I sort of, wow. I, I, I said to Michael, "I said we're going to frame that one." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, okay. You know, I hate to say this, but we're going to be cut off here in any second. So, um, I just want to thank you guys so much for being on here and I, I want to say to everybody's listening I love all these accolades that they've gotten from from people in the magazines and 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 have written the books and all that but I, I I would like to see this start to work its way out into the general populace and where where anybody can get a hold of it and become something that we get all get excited about there's so much so much to learn from the history behind this and uh, so much to realize and and in our fathers uh, who have gone before us, fathers and mothers in the, in the faith. Mm-hmm. And, uh, boy, we, uh, yeah, Christianity was not invented yesterday, and it's, uh, this is a great reminder of that. So thank you so much. Thank you, gentlemen, and, so much. Yep, yeah. And uh, so what's the website we can turn, turn everybody to? It, it uh, is the martyrsproject.com. Martyrsproject.com. Yeah. Okay, you guys, that's uh, that's where you're going to get this. And uh, pass the word around, martyrsproject.com. Dwayne, Michael, thank you so much. Pleasure. Thanks. God bless you. You bet. Okay. Have a good night. All thank right. you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Right. Bye-bye. Well, Gunner? John. I, th- I think we better play the song and be out of here. That was unbelievable. Yeah. That was really I, good, and, uh, and again, I enjoyed it so much. Well, we've been uh, we've tweeted, and uh, you know we're on Facebook, you know, dot com slash detached. We posted uh, one of their videos, and uh, some information is there. So definitely want to again invite everyone to go check them out, and uh, let's go viral here. Uh, what a what a fascinating! I was just sitting back, just listening, and and uh, taking it all in, and uh, what a fascinating hour that was. I, I agree. I agree. It's one of the best. That was great fun. I learned a lot. So, we'll, so great. Sure we'll get them on again. We'll make sure we get them on again and continue the dialogue. But until then, yeah. John, we're going to see you tomorrow morning at the catch uh, with a fresh yeah. new dose, and we're excited yeah, about that. And uh, this has been Blog Talk Radio, the Catch Podcast. All right. Thank you, Gunner. Thank you. Thank you, Dwayne. Thank you, Michael. 200 years ago, when our nation was starting to grow, life, liberty, and happiness were the things we wanted to know. 
What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.